Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Upvoted, No Sleep, where O.P. Doverhawk finishes the story we began in yesterday's episode, writing. Coming through the radio in my helmet was the faint, staticky voice of Commander Shaw. I felt stupid for not thinking about it, but didn't chide myself too badly, because given the distance the crew was from the lander, it likely wouldn't have worked until now anyway but the suits were all outfitted with their own radio networks so they could communicate with one another without having to bounce signals off of the lander. I nearly screamed in delight and relief when I heard her voice. Do. Inside. Repeat. Amelia, I can hear you, but the signal is bad. Where are you? Inside. Bellamy. Amelia, what's your location? I'll come get you. No. I'm coming. Art. Inside. Stay inside. Her voice was coming over more clearly now. I'm inside the lander, I said. Good. Do not enter the... Er, I can almost read you, I said. Try again. Do not let anyone enter the lander. I frowned. I heard what she'd said, but that didn't make sense. Do not let anyone in the lander? Why? I looked outside the window then, and far off in the distance, I could make out a shape. Presumably Amelia, hurrying toward the lander. Her voice was clearly out of breath when she spoke again. You cannot let anyone inside. The team is contaminated. Unless we can purge the contaminant, nobody can enter the lander. I looked at the clock and did some quick math. Amelia, where are the others? There's no way any of you have much oxygen left. Ten minutes, maybe fifteen or twenty max. I can come out and bring you- No, she said sternly. Do not come out here. The others are coming, but I think they've all been exposed. Exposed to what? Something got into Noah's suit, the commander said, breathing heavily now. I saw it in his face mask back in the valley. Something got into his mask? I asked, struggling to believe what she was telling me. Are you talking about an extraterrestrial life form? I don't know, she said. By this point, she had stopped a few yards away from the lander and took a moment to catch her breath. Maybe. Probably. That's the only explanation I can think of. 
I saw it moving around in Noah's mask. Then I thought I felt something in my suit, too. I tried to get it off. I could feel these little pins and needles moving around my body, like the tiny needlepoint legs of an insect. I panicked and stumbled into a crater, smashed myself up pretty good, and blacked out for a second, I think. When I came to, I noticed a small tear in my suit. I patched it up with tape, but I can't be sure if the tear was there before or after I fell into the crater. I think that's how whatever it is got in, but the commander was cut off by other voices then, choppy and indiscernible at first, but soon I could confirm them to be the other three members of the crew. Thank God, I said into the mic. I'm picking up your signals now. Diana, Drew, Noah, I read you. Bellamy, listen, the commander said desperately, but Diana's voice cut her off. We lost communication. Then the commander fell down into a crater. We think she may be concussed, because when she came around, she was experiencing disorientation and paranoia. I looked down at the camera that was positioned toward the front of the lander where Commander Shaw was now sitting. She stared up at the camera and shook her head slowly. We need to get her inside so we can take a look at her, Noah said. Open the airlock and we'll get her taken care of. She said you'd been contaminated, I said, feeling my pulse quicken with every passing moment. This was not the time to mince words, because if I didn't let them in soon, my colleagues would suffocate. How were you contaminated? She's concussed, Drew said. There's nothing but rocks and dust up here. There's nothing here to contaminate us. She said she saw something in Noah's suit, I pressed. Bellamy, the commander said, gasping now with every word she spoke. Listen to me. I stared at the monitor, feeling the weight of the decision before me pressing down into my chest. At the rate Amelia was gasping for air, she had minutes left at best. She had probably used more oxygen to rush to the lander before the others, but even still I doubted they were far behind her. Where's the rover? I asked, voicing one of several questions that were rapidly firing into my brain. Why didn't you drive it here? Noah and Amelia answered at the same time. Noah's explanation had been that the rover lost power. Amelia's had been a single word. Escape. The others had reached the lander now and were banging on the side of the airlock. Bellamy, open the door! They yelled desperately. I need to understand the contaminant, I pressed. Noah, what was in your suit? Nothing was in his suit, Andrew fired back angrily. She's sick, and if you don't let us in, she's going to die. Amelia was on her side, and I could hear a rattle in her throat with every labored breath and word she spoke. This is Amelia Shaw. Final transmission. Over the commander's final words, the crew continued banging on the side of the lander, screaming at me to let them in so they could save her. Bellamy, open this door! My stomach twisted in knots with the decision I was faced with. To save the lives of my fellow crewmates and risk contamination of myself and possibly of Earth. 
or to keep them locked out and let them die of asphyxiation. Kill them all and save my own life, or save them all now and condemn myself along with them. I nearly did it. I nearly opened the airlock to let them in. I nearly saved Amelia's life, and in doing so, killed us all. What stopped me was a realization I hadn't come to until I'd given myself a moment to think. The airlock could be opened from the outside. Of course it could. I'd done it myself just a short time ago. So why weren't they opening it for themselves? And why was Amelia the only one gasping for breath? My decision was made. The airlock would remain closed, and I would condemn my friends to death. The minutes fell away like the tears on my cheeks as I mourned the loss of my dear friend and commander while the sounds of fists beat against the side of the lander. This carried on for an hour or so, maybe longer, and still none of them gasped for breath even once. I was able to get a signal out, at least enough to share my story along with a repeating SOS signal. But the reception still doesn't seem to work, so there's no way of knowing if this transmission even made it back to Earth. I went on about cycling through the reboot protocols again, something I hadn't done since I'd repaired the antenna. I hadn't expected any other results, though. It was simply something to do to keep my mind occupied, away from the incessant sound of the banging at the door. So I was surprised when I picked up a series of grainy images of the video feed from the rover. The images weren't great, given the poor signal, but I was able to make out all the detail I needed. The bodies of Diana Figueroa, Andrew Radcliffe, and Noah Thornton. Diana was draped over the front seat of the rover, Andrew was leaning against a rock about ten yards away, the glass of his helmet smashed, and Noah was lying face down in the dust, half of his body hanging over the edge of a crater. In the distance, I could just barely make out another trio of what looked like bodies that bore a striking resemblance to the spacesuits worn by the last men that had walked across the same ground just over 50 years ago. Men that I had read about, seen videos of, idolized. Perhaps one of whom had heeded the calls of his other crewmates and opened the door. And that was an upvoted No Sleep Story by O.P. Doverhawk, whose work you can find more of on doverhawk.com. Sweet dreams.